I know gravity ain't an excuse I just wanna make things a little more smooth Majority is still asleep They're tired of those dreadful dreams Now let me shout and wake you up Let me wake you up What's up everyone? Welcome to another edition of Retro Encounter As always, I'm Josh Curry With me is the wonderful Mike Solosi Hello. Yeah, you say that wonderful. I think the Japanese title of the game that we're talking about is "It's a Wonderful World." So, wow. Josh, it is a wonderful world. So let's talk about the world ends with you. No, we should just end. There's, it's only downhill from there. Like that. We just started high now. Now we're screwed. Oh, I should have ended with that line, shouldn't yep. I? Yeah, you. But man, yeah. Y- you set me up by calling me wonderful, which is which is very nice of you. But also, come on, <laughs> like that was. I thought you were setting me up for that. No, no, because the game I played is called The World Ends With You. So. Mm, sure, that is also the name of the game I played. I'm very American, so that's all that exists to me. <laughs> sure, okay. So as Well, a... yeah, yeah. We, both played, we both sure finished that game. Sure did. And I've already, already, I have already played in the past, so I've never hidden my feelings about this game. I love this game. And going back to it a second time, still love it. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. All right. Well, um, last week we mostly talked about uh, the story stuff at the very beginning, like the very basics of the characters, and then quite a bit about the mechanics. Right. And uh, and and I was, you know, I had some my my I had some trepidatious feelings, if that's a word. I think it is. Whatever. It's well, I, fe- feelings of trepidation. Whatever. Uh, and now, um, I, I definitely like the gameplay better because it, like, I think the game sort of peaks around the, in like the middle chapters when you are finally have enough pins to work with and the combat has a lot of variety and your, your partner is the best partner. Josh was fantastic. Yeah. He's all Josh's are the best. Uh, he's also fantastic in, uh, in Trails in the Sky, I agree. All Josh's Ter- are the best. Terrific game, right? I'd rather be playing that than this. Great uh, character, but terrible game. <laughs> sure. Well, anyway, um, I think the game peaks in the middle when the game plays the best. And But as the game went on, I th- the story just seemed to be getting stranger and stranger and never fully explained itself. And uh, I, I still don't really know what to make of the story and it um it has a lot of cool moments and if you care about the characters then there are real it feels like it has real stakes but i overall i still think it's not a great story that i want to experience again and i and uh, i mean i had to look into wiki articles to make sense of some of it like i, I still don't know if the like why the game even exists the re- I'm sorry, not the not the game game, the Reapers game. Okay, good. I, I'm glad we're not having a meta conversation about yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, my <laughs> sure, yeah. I, uh, I, I realize how awkward that sounds now. But yeah, I don't know why the Reapers game even exists or how Joshua became the composer or why it, they care about it so deeply. I, I really have a lot of meta-narrative questions about the game. Yeah, and I, I didn't feel it that satisfying. Even though, even though the ending scene is very sweet when they all finally meet back at the statue. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they don't touch on a lot of that. They're, a lot of it's read between the lines. Um, 
you have uh, I mean there's obviously there's there's so much story before this you know um, and then we, we really don't get to see any of that there's the journals that kind of touch on things that were happening I probably didn't find enough of those but yeah and they even with them there, there's I never felt fully satisfied with what was going on um, in the previous two like I, I think Neku's story has a really good this happened and you know what, what happened you understand it that's easy to digest um, but when you get into the composers the producers um, fallen angels the conductors the the harriers right there's there's so many arbitrary nouns for the roles that the different characters perform in this game that it's it, it's bonkers it's it's like an it's like a it's like an anime that's kind of you know overwritten or over to it's its head is up its own ass a little bit with with the terminology and the story it's trying to tell i i, I mean maybe this makes you sound old but i thought that the terminology was was a little too confusing because of how poorly explained it was, but uh, uh, maybe I just wasn't following it closely enough. Cause I, I, uh, I did come into a little bit of a race to the finish to f- play this game this past week because I was really distracted by bravely second when that came out. Yeah. Which we can take a time out. TO everybody sure. go read Mike's review. No, no. Bravely second. He did a great job. RPG fan.com. Check out those reviews. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, but uh, I mean, it, it was. Uh, I mean, Bra- Bravely Second did take up a significant chunk of my April, but I did end up finishing this game, and maybe I didn't give it as much time as it deserved because I was really. And then the third week was really frustrating the past couple days because um, uh, I think we mentioned this before we started recording. Um, Beat is the least fun partner to use. He's the worst character in the game. Yeah, and uh, and a couple of the end game fights are on the challenging side, or at least I thought. I mean, because I'm, I'm, I'm I struggled with some par- basic parts of gameplay throughout playing throughout the entire playthrough, but like having the worst partner and then a couple of tricky encounters near the end um, was not a great combination. So I had some very frustrating moments the past couple of days finishing this game. Yeah, and I. I... I, I've I've not hidden my feelings on beat, um, <laughs> but uh, it, the third like chat like week is kind of interesting because it's the most interesting story. But I can see where you're saying that it's it's a little bit more difficult. I didn't have issues, but that's new game plus for me. Um, right, but it, it, I agree it was interesting. But it I mean the setup seemed uh, a little unfair in a, in a way. Like, uh, it, it's like that the, the Reapers had, you know, were done playing and were just deliberately trying to screw you. Because mm-hmm. they, they, they immediately just changed a bunch of rules and Neko's like, hey, what the hell? Uh, you, what do you mean I can't have a partner? And then Beat steps in, and I'm, I'm not totally sure how Beat became a Reaper to begin with. Because he was a player in the first week and then missing the second week and then a Reaper the third week. Right. Uh, and... The game communicates to you well that the odds are stacked against you, but whatever. Like, um, between me not totally understanding the story and disliking Beat as a partner was made the third week pretty frustrating. Yeah, he. 
I also feel like he has the least growth out of all the characters that you meet as well. Um, beyond, I, yeah, I, I find him extremely annoying. But You know, his personality is annoying, and um, we get that he cares for rhythm, and, and that's fine. But uh, he doesn't really have much beyond that. Yeah, and that's he. He plays his cards very be- early in the beginning, and then that's that's it. And I mean, you you learn that Rhyme is his little sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but, I but had it, a... it was one of those things. Like, I was more surprised when it came out um, during the first week that Rhyme didn't know who Beat was. Yeah, because he, I had almost assumed that she was his sister at the beginning, but then, but then it, uh, it, it, but then the game made it clear that, uh, that they were strangers that met up similar to Neku and Shiki, but then they flip it back, like, oh no, just Rhyme had lost her memory, and they are brother and sister. Right. So it's, yeah, it, that was, that was, that was a head-scratching twist. It was almost, it was like, alright, you told me something I knew hours ago. Like, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Beat basically, if you remember from the first week, Beat runs away, and he comes across the the two Reapers, and he's like yelling at them, and they basically say, "You don't understand anything," and he's like, "Well, tell me." And that's supposed to be kind of they inform him of everything that's going on in the world, and that's him switching over to becoming a Reaper. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I guess that's one of the biggest things I've always had an issue with, and I, 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 I really like the characters. I like how this game goes. I that it was just a fresh take on kind of RPGs as a whole. Um, but one of the most disappointing things, and I think this is why there's such a fervor around wanting a sequel, is there is a lot there that could be fleshed out. There's a lot that could be worked with. There, there could be a prequel of how uh, Mr. Hanakoma, I can never pronounce his name, um, why... Oh, the, the, the producer coffee shop guy? Yeah. Why is he a fallen angel? Like, we, we know it because he gives... Kajia, Korea, K- whatever. The second day boss, I believe. The, the the who? Which boss? The second day producer, if I remember correctly. That should be because it should be the guy. The second day. You mean the second week? Yeah, second week. Sorry. Yeah, okay. All right. The boss of the second week, who's one of the reapers, but and the uh, coffee guy gives the reapers the power to make noise. Yeah, no. That's why the, he's a fallen yeah, the, angel. Yeah, the coffee guy was the game's producer who uh who like established some of the rules and gave people some powers but then he um i think he made i'm not exactly sure but i think he broke some of his own rules uh, uh by helping the players because he was sympathetic to players so he uh he basically was stripped of his powers as a producer but is still strong and but now can't really affect the game he's just sort of is more of an observer that helps that just makes sure that the rules are being followed instead of someone that can give powers out, is, was my understanding. Like, like he was a top guy in the game, but then he uh, was, you know, he car- he wasn't a team player, so he became a fallen angel. So, yeah. But he was not a reaper or a conductor. He was, a, he was separate from that. So this all stems from Joshua challenging... Kitaniji, but th- that's the whole like the fate <laughs> of Shibuya, and like yeah, I, I'm gonna back... look up his name. I, I'm terrible at pronouncing things. I I should never I'm... be a host of anything. Kitaniji, yeah. yeah. So that's the whole like back and forth of that 
game that they were going back and forth of whether or not Shibuya is going to be destroyed or not, if it's going to be erased. Uh, yeah, it's um, Mr. But, H. I, that, that's doesn't want that to happen, mm-hmm. so he starts pushing so that he can kind of prevent Joshua from completing his plan. Right. Um, and that was another thing I didn't really understand. Like, uh, it seems like that this that the Reapers game. We're, uh, we're, I'm gonna you know take a larger view for a second. The Reapers game is basically a form of like purgatory. Like when when someone dies, the Reapers game is a is a chance that you can take to go back to the world of the living, but you have to give up something in order to take part, and you might not win. So it's um and that you know that 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 story framework is kind of cool. But then um so if that is the general setup for the Reapers game, like why can how can Joshua and uh, the the final end Kitaniji have a bet to begin with? Because um, oh, well, all right, we're we're all right, we're definitely getting into spoiler territory now. So be warned, guys. Spoiler. Yeah, I should we should have mentioned that near the beginning. But anyway, Joshua is revealed at the end to be the mysterious composer of the game, like he, the person that makes the that makes the rules and and has almost unlimited powers in the game. And Kitaniji is the conductor, who is the guy that is sort of the leader of the Reapers and is executing the game. But So their bet was that Joshua, who is something of a nihilist and a bit of a misanthrope, kind of like uh, Neku at the beginning, does, wants, to, wants to destroy Shibuya, but Kitaniji wants to keep Shibuya as it is. So like, why, how did that bet even happen? If the Reapers game had been going on for some time, like did, did Joshua create the entire the entire Reapers game? No, I know uh, that's a no. Right. Okay. I, I didn't think so either. But so, how did Joshua become the composer? He was and given how... powers by five gods. Is, I remember seeing that somewhere. Sure, but and I think those five <laughs> gods made everything. But because he's like the only one that's acting, he has enough power to do. Right, and because they, because the composer has a lot of powers. Yeah, yeah. But it, uh, like it, like I, I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad story, but I'm saying that I, I, I do not have any. I, I have no idea why this bet ever happened, and how he was allowed to make this bet. And uh, by the end of the game, it's clear that you're trying to save Shibuya because, and the world ends with you. In in uh, in part, is just a celebration of what Shibuya is with its, you know, style and, and fashion and attitude. And, uh, it takes place entirely in Shibuya. So, so I, I understand like wanting to having saving Shibuya as the major, as a major conceit of the game, but like, how did this bet happen? And like, um, even though you're, I, I guess you're fighting for your lives for most of the game, but like it, if, if you're as a player want to save Shibuya, why is the final boss, the person that wants to preserve Shibuya? I don't know. It, I, have, it, I have no answers for that. And the final story moment with Joshua is pretty cool. That's fantastic. Where, yeah, like you have that. It's not really a Mexican standoff, but you have that standoff. It's a Japanese and, standoff. Well, <laughs> sure. All right, you have a Japanese standoff where uh, Neku puts down his gun, and Joshua basically acknowledges the 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 change that Neku had undergone, and decides. Maybe Shibuya is not so bad. So, which is a huge risk on Neku's part. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but it, it it works out, and and that's a cool moment. And it's and again, like I said before, it's really sweet when you 
uh, see everyone back in the real world or the real ground and uh, meeting up in Shibuya again. But like I, I, I was having difficulty reconciling what the Reapers game was, which was this you know purgatory game with, with souls trying to return to the living, and this bet that Joshua had with Kitaniji, and Joshua and one of Kitaniji's guys, the, the guy who's the boss of the second week, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Minamoto or something, I might be getting his name wrong. Uh, okay, I'm looking at a list now. Okay, Minamimoto. So I, yeah, I, I uh, assume that we get all the names wrong. <laughs> I, I just forgot a, a syllable the first time. Like, what, um, why Minamimoto was chasing Joshua and accidentally shot Sekur- uh, and Joshua accidentally shot Sakuraba, or Neku. So, like, Joshua... He purposely is, shoots Neku. Yeah, well, yeah, Joshua is, uh, has this bet with Kitaniji about saving Shibuya versus destroying Sh- Shibuya. Uh, one of Kitaniji's guys... Is trying to kill Joshua to you know get around the bet I guess, mm-hmm. and um, then Joshua shoots shoots Neku. Because like, he's I, so how I in, always took this is he took Neku as his champion to show that Shibuya is just crap. Because he's because he thought thought, yeah okay that that makes sense but um I I sort of I sort of thought at first that uh that um, Neku's murder was an accident, but your, your version probably makes sense. Like Joshua saw someone similar to him in Neku. Cause remember at the beginning of the game, Neku just sort of doesn't want anything to do with anyone. Mm-hmm. And Joshua has a similar nihilist feeling. Yeah. And uh, he chooses Neku as his champion. He's like, all right, this I'll have this guy. I'll, uh, if this guy can make it through, then maybe, then maybe he, uh, then I can win my bet. Yeah. But uh, what Joshua didn't plan was that Neku would actually, you know, turn into a decent person that cared about relationships by yeah. the end of the game. I, I think Joshua looked at Neku and he looked that he would probably be very powerful in the game. So he'd most likely be able to win, but in the process he would still just never change. So he'd still be this terrible person. Okay. Yeah. This makes more sense to me. Like, um, yeah. yeah. So uh, he saw it, a combination of both potential and also that he's just he's a jerk. Um, and so oh, this, this guy's like me, he hates he hates relationships and he hates Shibuya, and that's because and uh, that's because one of Neku's best friends like died in yep. Shibuya while he when he was on his way to meet Neku, right? And Neku blames himself for the, his friend's death, so from that mm-hmm. he feels it's okay. better not to get close to people because he like people around him will get hurt, and if he's he doesn't want to feel that hurt again, so if he's not close, he can't feel that ever again. Right, right, yes, I I did get I did get that, but I didn't I didn't get the whole Joshua choosing Neku until until now, I guess. Yeah, but. Let's rewind it again. You mentioned probably 15 minutes ago. I have no concept <laughs> of time with I have no concept of time with this podcast now. That the story is pretty good if you just stick with Neku. Like like Neku's Neku hurtling through the plot is pretty interesting. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's uh, both because of all of the crazy twists that he experiences, and also in his character journey because it's what I thought was the most surprising moment was, uh, well, all right, remember, you might remember for the first recording, I had gotten to day seven of week one, but I hadn't beaten the boss yet. Yep. I th- what I thought was maybe the coolest moment of the plot was right after that, where um, Neku basically decides, oh, this cheeky girl's, I, I don't hate this girl when I used to hate everyone. And then he lets her return to the world of the of the living. But then when he has to stay on for another week, she becomes the price for his game because now she is the person he cares about the most. Yep. So that that was that was crazy because um, 
both it sort of like rips her away from the prize that she had won, which was returning to the real world. And it tells you that, oh, wow, she's the person or the thing that Neku cares about the most. Is, I guess he's in love with her, or at least he, he doesn't hate everyone now. Right. So that was that was cool. And that um that made me a lot more interested in uh in Neku's journey through week two. And uh and then Neku met Joshua, who's a guy who's a lot like Neku was at the beginning of week one. So yeah. it was so it was it was almost a flip. In week one, Neku didn't really care about anything, and Shiki cared about their partnership and winning the game. And then in week two, Joshua is the one that doesn't really give a damn about anything. But Neku, because he wants to save Shiki, um, cares about having making a partnership and beating the game. It was a it was a nice like um, role reversal from the first week, and the stakes of saving Shiki were more interesting to me than just Neku being a jerk and trying to figure out what the world around him was like. It was the, again my, my favorite part of the game was like the dark middle chapter. Yeah. Where the the game the gameplay started to open up, I I was more invested in the stakes of the story, and um, it was when I was enjoying it the most. And then the third week, I I didn't like the partner because beat sucks, and I was trying to you know understand the big picture of the story and was struggling with that a little bit, and I had a couple difficult boss encounters that made me enjoy the game a little less. Yeah, so the the main problem with beat, other than him being annoying, he, he isn't. An instrument to add to the characterization of Naku. You have mm, yeah. that teaches him basically how to care, how to feel. You can yeah, make he... the argument. And mm-hmm, sure. so you see the transition from, hey, like exactly what you're saying. He doesn't care. Shiki forces him to care. Ultimately, he cares the most about her. And that's a huge change from either day one or day two where he like force chokes her. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty rapid change because this is... um. It, it takes place over a week, and really, it's only a few hours each day for a week. Right. So <laughs> this happens almost as fast as like you know Romeo and Juliet, because yeah. Romeo and Juliet goes from them being strangers to dying for each other in two and a half days, and this is <laughs> about the same time frame. <laughs> but the wonderful thing about that, and then like you said, when he meets Joshua, you're forced to see how he is changing. Like there are elements of he. He really does care about Shiki. He has to do this. He's going to drag Joshua, kicking and screaming if he has to, to make sure that she is okay. And both of them do such a good job of foiling where he is at that time with his character that it brings out those elements. So it makes, in in the first week, it makes Neku look even worse because Shiki is so nice and tries so hard with him. And then... Because Joshua's doing the same thing to that he was doing in the first week, it shows... Like it over uh, illustrates how much he cares, and so you get a really good like chasm of how he's changing. Yeah, um, no, it, it's a, it's it's a big con. Second week Neku is a big contrast to first week Neku, right. and it, and it, and it sort of shows his how he's changing and his character arc. It puts it in the spotlight, and um. Yeah, it's, it's a good like the like the first week is is setting up Neku as this person that hates relationships. The second week is showing how he's changing, and the third week is him basically trying to cap off the story and win and and so he uh, yeah so he can so he can reunite with Shiki and uh, and you know like have his happy ending. Right. Well, yeah, but, but the issue is that yeah, the, Beat doesn't no. give you anything. If if Beat was so. 
Neku's still going through that character transformation. He's still mm-hmm. becoming a rounded character, but Beat doesn't add anything. Like, there is no back and forth that you're like, there's redeeming qualities gained for either of them while they're interacting. Well... And N- Neku's making that transition anyways. He is still pushing towards something, hmm. but Beat doesn't add to that. Beat for Beat, yeah, he's a terrible yeah. character. <laughs> well, I, I don't like Beat either, but I'll be devil's advocate a little bit here. Um, I agree he maybe doesn't contribute much to Neku's arc, but Beat, I, I think Beat is trying to redeem himself in the third chapter because he has he basically loses rhythm and... Rhyme. Uh, rhyme, sorry. I think I, I probably accidentally called her rhythm earlier in the game. You did, and I corrected you. Uh, that earlier too. in the show, yeah, my bad. Yeah. Guys, listen to Rhythm Encounter, RPG's fans music podcast. Um, We're going to shill out everything today. Yeah. <laughs> we should start a fourth podcast called Rhyme Encounter. I'm where okay we, with that. We, we just try to, you know, speak in poetry. Okay, maybe, maybe we shouldn't try that. That sounds too difficult. No. Yeah, no, that, sounds like a, that's, that sounds like a lot of effort. Um, so I think that Beat's arc is when he's uh, trying, is he loses rhyme and then when he sees uh, Neku's situation where the odds are heavily stacked against him because there's no partners for him to, to use and the Reapers are definitely setting him up to fail, he redeems. He tries to redeem himself by stepping down as a Reaper and helping Neku succeed and, and maybe also uh, try to find a way to get rhyme back. Yeah. And uh, so I, I get that as his arc, but it, it doesn't make him more appealing to me he, like i mean and uh and i i'm i also have negative feelings about beat because he's the least fun partner to control mm-hmm. and I, I never totally got a handle on how to use him i had the game autoplay him quite often josh was actually fun to play yeah josh was the best partner uh, gameplay wise for sure yeah i actually then that's that's the nice thing is you kind of struggle through Shiki, and then Joshua comes along. I think he's more powerful. He's also easier, and you've already kind of figured out trying to split your brain in two different directions. Yeah, yeah. Like part of Shiki's problem with using her is the learning curve of just getting used to how to play the game. Yep. And then with when Joshua rolls around, he is easier to use in general, and I think a better partner gameplay wise. But also you have a little bit more mastery of it. And then Beat comes around, and he's the hardest to use. And also, which make which makes sense. Like later in the game, you have harder to use partners. That I, I understand the logic of that. But he also just sucks on top of being difficult to use. Yeah, and it's the 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 one thing I don't like about the three week structure is Neku is always getting stronger, but you have to basically start over every time you get a new character with them. Yes, that. That that was annoying, especially um, especially after you know you invest in Shiki a little bit, and then this new guy comes along. But at least Joshua gets good quickly. Well, beat. I, I think at the maybe by the very end he started doing better damage with his like air skateboard stuff. Yeah. But but he he's still harder, the hardest to use, and feels like the least effective character, especially especially defensively. He dies real fast if you if you screw up. I but, never had him die. Well, for me, he for me, <laughs> I lost. I di- well, he, between him and Neku, there were I died several times in the third week. Yeah, but yeah, I, the, the I, I never. Just, it it ramps up considerably in difficulty. Yeah, and and I never totally, I never felt like I totally mastered the controls. Yeah. Um, if I had a little more time, and 
uh, spent a little bit more time grinding in the third week and, and practicing with beat, I may have gotten a little better, but the the end game was a bit of a struggle for me. Yeah, and that's a conceit of the podcast, too, is usually that last little bit you have to push through a little quicker than you'd most likely want to. And then you combine in that you have a character that isn't the most interesting, is underpowered when you start. Um, you kind of want to jump through the story because you're trying to figure out how everything's wrapping up. And it's just, it's a bad scene for beat no matter what. Um, yeah, and I... The whole and the whole and after I finished the game, the whole time I was just trying to wrap my head around. So Joshua was the composer all along, and he had this bet that he with Minami Mo, no no not with Minamimoto with uh, uh Kitaniji yeah with Kitaniji, yeah, and I was just struggling so much to under, to understand why the bet happened and how he was able to do that in the Reapers game. I just never got any of that. And maybe I, I didn't read enough journals or didn't talk to enough NPCs, but I had a lot of questions after this game and even checked some uh, Wikipedia articles or uh, Wikia articles to try and make sense of it. And I, I still don't totally get it. I, I don't know if I'm going to replay this game to try to get a better story understanding. But in in general, I thought this game got better. Uh, and, and I don't dislike, actively dislike it like I used to. Hey, that's something. But um, the the style still doesn't jive with me. Like, I think it's a bunch of stupid kids and zippers and buttons. And <laughs> and and I I still hate that one Reaper who wears like a sweater with glo- with um with glove spaces for her hands and a corset on the outside. Oh, Korea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Kyria maybe. Um, yeah. the the woman that you that you meet in week one and then yeah. you finally fight in the middle of chapter three of week three. Which that like was satisfying. I, every time I yeah oh yeah she well she was a jerk so I was it was satisfying beating her but also I just hated her clothes so much I was ready to I was happy to murder her. Um. And and like the 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 characters in this game are colorful and and over the top and sort of fun. Uh, yeah. I, I actually thought that the um the villain of week three was the was the coolest villain in the game. Yeah, I I think the the. Yeah, the tiger lady. The composers progressively get more interesting as it goes on. Or the reapers. No, the, the those would be composers. No, no, no. Joshua is the composer. Or no, sorry. Conductors. Conductors. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Right. Too many c words. Yeah. See, the terminology in this game just I kept mixing it up all the time. Yeah, and that's so I I, I got sidetracked earlier when I was talking about a sequel. Um. I mm-hmm. so I'll be the first person to say I absolutely love Kingdom Hearts. I really do. Um, but I, since, I do, I do not. Since but. Kingdom Hearts two, they have done so much crap that has been side things that almost didn't need to be there. That they, they hunted the, they handled the Keyblade War, which was really interesting, but they didn't. And it, there's, there's a lot of history there to cover, and they do actually kind of a piss poor job doing it because they basically just keep replaying small segments of time. Um, and also, let's see, um, Kingdom Wait, Hearts two. Stop, stop, stop. One, one second, Kingdom Hearts two came out in two thousand and four, maybe two thousand three. Sure. So like, it's it's been twelve years since the last quote unquote main series mm-hmm. game. So I I, I, imag- I although I'm not a huge Kingdom Hearts fan, I imagine that the real fans are a little bit testy with all these side games they've been getting over the years. So I, I literally think. I can't. I don't think I can say this, but I'm gonna say it anyways. I feel like they've narratively jerked off the story so long that nobody cares about certain parts of it. 
<laughs> All um, right. And, and I, I say that as a, I am a massive fan of Kingdom Hearts. Um, but there is, there's always been kind of a hope that they would do some of that with The World Ends With You. Because there is, I would love to see a prequel and figure out where, like, have everything fleshed out with Joshua. Like, watch the fall of Mr. H. Like, that type of stuff would be very interesting in a game. There is a lot there structurally with the composers, reapers, conductors. Are there gods? Is there noise? How can they control the real world? This is purgatory. Like, seeing all that set up or seeing the, the early elements of that would be fascinating. I think everybody always wants a sequel, and I'd much rather have a prequel and watch all of that get fleshed out. And maybe explain how, why Joshua feels the way he does about Shibuya in greater detail, but like, and have a previous Reaper game where he isn't the composer. Right. And then maybe even it have were, the game end with him killing Neku. Like, or, well, I mean, wouldn't this be before Neku? Yeah. Oh, 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 oh wait, wait, no, I, I get you. Like, killing Neku in the real world. Right. Okay. So, like, like they're, they're, like, there's so much there that I think is very confusing for a person that comes in this game and isn't willing to read the site, like the special reports, isn't willing to look up online. Um, I love Neku's story, and that's ultimately what drives me through this game and what makes me like it. He like he's one of my favorite characters. I yeah, love ne- watching his character arc. Neku's story is what had me invested in that middle part of the game, and then the, the I just found the entire like third week just just puzzling like what i where i understood what was going on at the surface level but i was just totally baffled by the behind the scenes stuff and the greater story stuff yeah so um and that's i always just wish there was there was more to it yeah um, a, a i wish prequel, they would a, return to it a prequel or a guidance chapter uh could be cool um i don't know where they would go with a sequel i mean i assume that the game is still going on with a either with joshua still as the composer or with a new composer but him not hating not wanting to destroy shibuya anymore yeah and because the, the game the game we don't know if the game is has ended or not do we the game keeps going i be my assumption I, yeah i'm I, that would be my assumption as well and I mean, a sequel or a prequel would seem doable from a story standpoint. Um, yeah, you could because, have a completely new group. Yeah, just have a, a totally new group going through the Reaper game and just having maybe a, a few of the Reaper characters or Joshua just return in some role. In that, or, or even the, the coffee guy. He could, yeah. he could, he's probably around forever for these Reaper games. Yeah. So it would, it would be doable to um, have a prequel or a sequel set up like that, but I've never heard of... Uh, of anything like that happening, like they, there's I, I, always rumblings, but they're always never substantiated. Um, okay, yeah, and I, I they, never, I never heard any news story to that effect. And then they put all the characters in uh, Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance. Wonderful Kingdom Hearts names. Um, so, uh, is that one of the 3DS ones? Yes, yeah, the 3DS one. Um, I, so uh, that was then the assumption, like, oh, see, they they want us to care about this again. Look at all these really cool characters. They're they're. They're acknowledging that they're fantastic. They're gonna make another game, and then hey, 3DS to World Ends with You too, sure, or Wonderful World too. <laughs> not Wonderful World, um, but yeah, it, like I feel like the best way to go with that would be back. It would help, like exactly what your complaints are. It would help with that. Whereas I feel like if you do a sequel, everybody's gonna want Neku, and then you have you're in a terrible like um, catching fire. Uh, sequence for the Hunger Games, where you're like, well, we're just going to stick these characters in that we really like into another game, because why not? 
will force this along, and it's like, no, like this person had a wonderful story, leave it alone. Uh, actually, that, that that would be similar, like having the main characters from the last one just thrust into a new game. Yeah. That is, it's just like how cat. That is how Catching Fire worked. Yeah, it's literally it's the same game as it's the same book as the first. It's just different some side characters. All right, all right, all right. I I disagree with that generalization. I, I, but, I, I, but I like I, Catching I, Fire, but I'm just saying like there's so many parallels there, and that that's essentially what they'd have to do if they wanted to keep Neku in a sequel. I would just assume uh, abandon Neku. Maybe yep. have him. Maybe have him in a cameo in some way, like in the real world, you can come across him, or maybe he's an NPC just hanging out. He's going but, on a date uh, with Shiki. Sure, right. Who who does not look as we th- as we think she looks? Yeah, that's that's the other thing that I've always had a huge issue with. That I, like I feel like you can't do a sequel. Is you get so attached to Shiki looking the way that Shiki is. <laughs> so when they go back to the real world, finally. Uh, Neku has a crush on Shiki's friend and not Shiki. Yes, and then that just destroys Shiki. Like, that's the dark chapter that's not told. Is no, like, no, no, no that, that, that's the sequel. Like, Shiki becomes so, uh, like, consumed with hatred for when that happens that she becomes the new composer that wants to destroy Shibuya. Yeah, like, it's one of those things, like, <laughs> I saw her, she's like, oh, she's not, she's not unattractive, like, she's fine, like, she, but that's not Shiki to me. Like, it's just not... And I feel really bad, but she's not Shiki. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was it, it was an, an interesting angle with her character. Yeah, yeah, no, I and I find that interesting. Like, there's there's some interesting stuff done there with Shiki that I think gets kind of glossed over because it's the first chapter and then she's gone. Um, but even her arc is interesting with just feeling of not being relevant. Um, not being attractive enough, not being popular enough. Yeah, and uh, to be honest, like like uh, early on in chapter three, when I was trying to, or week three, when I was trying to learn how to use beat the beat the whole time, I'm like, man, I thought I would get Shiki back for this. Come on, this is some yeah. BS. Yeah, I would have, I wouldn't have mind just the final boss was beat. You could just destroy him. Oh, oh wow, man! <laughs> you, when you dislike a character, you really dislike a character. I, I go all in, yeah. I've I, I've noticed this in other podcasts as well. Like when you you have a lot of hate in your heart to share around for video game characters. I do. <laughs> don't, you don't want to cross me if you're a video game character. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> so if you're ever in that situation, make sure you stay on the good side. Yeah. Right. If I'm ever in a Tron situation with you, yeah, or a or a Last Starfighter situation, just don't cross Josh. Yep. Everybody should take note to that. Um, but yeah, I don't know the the whole Shiki thing. As cool as it is, it always bothers me because then she's not actually Shiki. It's just kind of mm-hmm. odd. But again, it's like you just don't do a sequel. Well, maybe the real version of Shiki knows how to wear pants. She, she has a skirt on. No, she doesn't. She has these weird. Shorts that like show her hip bones. It's 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 a oh, it's skirt. A, it's, it's that a, just it's rides a skirt. Low. Okay, all right, my bad. Well, I <laughs> I hadn't seen her in a while because she's gone for two chapters. <laughs> Even I do that. Come on, man. I'm, I hated how all the characters dressed in this game, so I started to stop paying attention to it. That so on a completely side note, and I understand it's a DS game. Um, if there was a sequel, the number one thing I'd want is you go through all this effort to buy all the clothes. Oh, oh, having having appearances change. Yeah, that would be a lot cooler. But being able to being able to play dress up with uh, a game that is ostensibly about accessorizing and fashion, yeah, it would would be cool. I agree yeah. with that. Neku would look ridiculous because I think he currently has like a top hat on for my character, and like 
I think technically the shorts are krill shorts. Um, but it would be fascinating to watch the characters change with that. You just dress everyone up in suits with ridiculous headgear. Yep. Yep. Straight I'd be into that. In. Yeah. But I understand why they don't do it. They'd have to change the cutscenes and all sorts of stuff out of that. This is yeah, from I mean, 2007. I... Yeah, I just I just played Bravely Second, which where each class represents a costume change, and uh, everyone's cost, current costume is reflected in the cutscenes. So I would have these like serious romantic moments between the two main characters, but one of them is dressed up as a pastry chef, and the other one's dressed up in a purple fox costume. Yep. That uh, <laughs> it takes a little bit away from the drama when <laughs> when they're dressed so ridiculously. Well, I've heard pastry chefs like furries, so. Okay, I was not aware of that old saying, yep. but I guess, I guess it's it's around, and I just hadn't come across it's it. It's a tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. But, well, I I feel like overall I kind of was successful in making you like this game. I forced you to at least somewhat consider it as good. Sure, okay. You you did not totally convert me. I will not admit to that. But I will I will admit to... Have giving this game a fair shot, and I don't hate it quite like anymore like I used to. And um, yeah, yeah, your uh, your assessment of getting me to kind of admit that there are good parts of this game is fair. Uh, I consider that a victory. Sure. All right. You can have your victory. Yeah. Although I, I wasn't aware this was a fight, but I guess you can have your victory. I'm petty like that. It's always a fight. Just like <laughs> I'll, I'll convince the world that. Uh... Trails in the Sky is not a good game. Someday. Someday. Never. <laughs> so that is going to do do it for us here uh, as we wrap up The World Ends With You. Um, we'd love for to hear your guys' opinions, whether or not you guys like Beat or not, whether or not you like the game, if you guys understood what was going on with the Reapers. Uh, jump on to the boards at RPGFan.com. Uh, you can send emails to retro at RPGFan.com. Um, and then, as always, go on to iTunes or wherever you're listening to the podcast and give us a rating there and post a comment there. Right, and um, I think we have we're gonna have a couple bonus round episodes in the next couple weeks. Plus, uh, what's the game that we're doing next? I'm, I'm not. I, what's the game we're doing next, Josh? In May, we are gonna play uh, Zelda Majora's Mask. Cool. Yeah, I'm not gonna be on that podcast, but I can't wait to hear you and. And the rest of the guys talking about it. Yeah, I, uh, we've talked about Zelda all all sorts of times on this podcast. Um, and really, this is gonna this is gonna be finally you getting to play a Zelda game. Well, I've played Zelda or, games. I've just never yeah, finished sorry, one. Sorry, fin- finish a Zelda game, right? And yes. I I, uh, I actually turned it on last night or two nights ago. Um, and it got to the tell screen. I was like, I honestly, like, still dumb shark. I never thought I'd play Majora's Mask. <laughs> I just thought this would be a game that I just never ever ever played. Um. So it'll be an interesting ride. I'm excited to see how it goes. It's it's not my favorite Zelda game, but I know multiple people who adore it and where it is their favorite Zelda game because it's so interesting and different. Yeah. And a, a lot of people love Majora's Mask. I Again, I can't wait to hear you guys talk about it. Yeah. yeah, so May, we are playing through Majora's Mask, and then in June, we are playing through Xenogears. And Whoa, so, okay. And somehow going to plow through that in a month oh i didn't know we were announcing that yet it was on twitter oh all right sure so yeah xenogears have fun playing that 60 hour game in 30 days yeah 
only have to play two hours a night. That seems easy. Oh boy, when you have when you recently when you and your wife recently had a baby. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, babies love Vita games, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then ba- babies love giant robots. <sighs> Who doesn't? Not even babies. Everybody does. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Uh, please join us for another uh, retro encounter in the future. And I think to myself, the world ends with you. <laughs> oh yeah. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Bye everybody. It's no hikara kakae kondeta. Shock.